Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. For many of the fans of the show The Chosen, it has created somewhat of a dialogue between Christians and Catholics and even Mormons as a way to talk about the biblical Jesus. And the show's creator, Dallas Jenkins, has come out and quite clearly stated that Christians and Mormons actually worship the same Jesus. So to discuss this with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? Doing great, brother. You know, I, I think this topic is really, really important. And I think people may not understand and they may even think, hey, you're just bashing on the show. This is a great way to share Jesus and, and show and so forth. But I think just kind of going into this, it's important to understand the seriousness of a statement from somebody who has created the show, worked alongside Mormons, and gone on now podcast shows. And we're going to show that, show you that later. But you see him talking specifically about Christians. I don't want to give away too much here, but Christians and Mormons worshiping the same Jesus. And some people say, well, why does that matter to me? It's not a big deal. So I'd love to maybe start there before you guys even hear the clip yourself, because some people have already said, no, he never said that. That's not true. So you guys are going to get to hear it yeah. by his own words. But let's just talk a little bit before we even play the clip of why is it, why does it even matter? Why is it important that he said this? And why does it matter when it comes to us maybe sharing the gospel with our LDS neighbors? Yeah, it matters for a lot of reasons. It matters because if Mormons have a different Jesus, I mean, it's, it's damnable in several ways. If Mormons have a, he's not being a friend of the, the Mormon cult. Okay, because if they have a different Jesus, it's not the Jesus of the scripture, but it's the very Jesus is one of the Jesus is that, Je that Jesus himself warns about false Christ, false prophets that the apostle Paul warned about in second Corinthians chapter 11. Then he is not showing love. He's taking the money and the help of the Mormons to do his program, but he's not showing them love. He's patting them on the back while they're headed to hell. Uh, it's also damnable for Christians who hear that and they respect that they say, oh, it's a production. It must be blessed by God because the pragmatism, anything that seems to grow, and there's millions of things that grow that are not of God and thousands of things that claim to be of Christ that, that can grow for a while that are not of God. And then they stick their, you know, their, their caboose on that train. They say, wow, this guy's, you know, this is great. Before you know it, they think Mormonism is an expression of Christianity. Maybe they're struggling with the church they're going at. So they go, oh, let's go to the Mormon church down the street because it's just another Christian denomination. Oh, by the way, they would come to our door and they're really sweet and everything. And before you know it, they turn to a different Jesus and a different gospel in time. So it, it can damn Mormons, uh, what he's doing there. It's really reprehensible. It's heartbreaking. So in the guise of, hey, I'm being kind, he's bringing and raking a bunch of bucks to make these productions and so forth. And we're not uh, really debating the merit of the content of the show right now. We're just looking at the glaring elephant in the room that he's working with, uh, you know, the Mormons claiming that they're another expression of Christianity and that we have the same Jesus. And it's a contradiction of the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe, uh, and his uh, his incredible, you know, inerrant word. So it's dangerous on, on many, many levels. Yeah, and I think one of the important things, you know, we've even had people that came to us when we first started talking about this on our own Facebook page, and they were saying, 
hey, well, maybe it is the same Jesus. People actually wrote that on our page, and I'm like, wow, we typically have some pretty discerning followers. So it, it shows you how concerning this can be. And I, I know you are the same way as myself. I have friends that are in the Mormon cult that I would love to come out of it and to hear that maybe they're checking out The Chosen and they're seeing this, and maybe they're opening up their Bibles, because a lot of them don't do that anymore. Yeah. They used to before. And that's important, Chad. It's also important uh, if you are watching this and you have a Mormon background and you're going to a Mormon church, you belong to the uh, so-called you know Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We, we love you. We care about you. Paul said, have I become your enemy because I've told you the truth uh, to the Galatians who were receiving a different gospel? Uh, Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Uh, and Paul says, have I become your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? Uh, if you really deeply, truly want to know God and you are excited about knowing him and, and having eternal life, we want to challenge you in a very loving way to really test what we're saying and really say, hey, whatever the truth is, I'm going to embrace uh, the truth because if you follow the truth, uh, Jesus is the way of truth in life. You'll have the right Jesus and you'll see that Mormonism definitely has a different Jesus. I've led Mormons uh, to Christ, uh, because, but they were sincere Mormons that really said, wait a minute. And they began to check for things out. We showed uh, uh, Godmakers too in, in this uh, in our fellowship some time ago, and uh, a gentleman left, and he was rattled. And I saw I could tell he was rattled by what was happening. And I caught him as he cut out the door. And we talked for about half an hour, and I went back in, and then we proceeded to have Bible studies together. And he came to Christ, you know. And last time I talked to him, he was still following Jesus. And there's others that we've been able to lead to Christ as well. But uh, this, if you really pay attention, you'll see the truth. And you'll know the truth, and you'll know that the Jesus of Mormonism is a Johnny-come-lately fulfillment of biblical prophecy in regard to Jesus mentioning false Christ, and then Joseph Smith false, false prophets. I say that in love because we love you. This is our sincere uh, conviction based on the Word of God, and we're going to make it so clear to you if you have ears to hear and eyes to see. No, amen. And, and that's, you know, our sentiment is simply we want to see you come to the truth, and that's the whole, that's the whole thing we're talking about here. It's not because of family tradition or, or you know, even heritage or anything like that. It actually has is directly related to that which is true. And, you know, if you ever want to check it out, we'll put it in, in the description here. Uh, we actually did an interview with Micah Wilder as well, who has spoken here at our home church at Blessed Hope Chapel from Adams Road. Incredible, incredible ministry coming out of Mormonism, yes. Yeah, amen. And I, I love what, was ha- what happened to him and what he was challenged by, by an old Baptist pastor who told him, go read the Bible like a child. Just go read it and see if you come back to the doctrines that you've learned in the LDS church. So, And he came out, family yeah. came out. His mother, who, if I remember right, is a professor at Brigham Young. Brigham Young University and quite a scholarly lady. And then she looked at the end and she says, whoa, you're right. And she is now a lover of Jesus along with them. they got a beautiful ministry. Yeah, amen. And her book is called Unveiling Grace. You can check that out as well. But, and, and before you go on, yeah. Chad, I want to mention one more thing. A lot of Mormons, uh, they'll see the truth and they'll be like, but you know what? I'd have to leave, you know, the LDS movement. I'd have to leave the stake that I'm in. A lot of my friends, my job, it's all connected. Well, Jesus, what a Protestant prophet man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And I want to mention this because it's probably good to bring this up at the beginning of what we're going to go through so you're motivated. Because a lot of Mormons believe that even if I'm wrong, I'll still be in one of the kingdoms because it teaches a form of universal salvation. They teach that there's only a few apostates and Cain and a few others like Judas that are actually going to hell. They teach everybody else, including professing Christians and so forth, for the most part, are going to either go to the terrestrial or celestial kingdom with Mormons that have had their temple recommended for year after tithing for year and getting the temple recommended. They'll go to the celestial kingdom. So 
the Mormon thinks, well, I may not make the celestial kingdom if I'm wrong, and that because their their worldview is jacked up because of the lies of Mormonism, and you don't realize that the scriptures don't teach that there's three different kingdoms you can inherit. The scriptures are very clear. Clear. Jesus says, "Enter the straight gate." He said, "For narrow is the road that leads to life, and few are those who find it. But broad and spacious the way it leads to destruction, and many are those who go that way." And it's because in the front of those two gates are the false prophets that Jesus mentioned in the context of Matthew seven, who come to you with in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are as ravenous wolves. So there are two paths. And the broad road leads to destruction, not another part of God's kingdom separate or adjacent to the celestial kingdom. So I'm warning you right now, Jesus talked more about hell in a place of outer darkness where there'd be weeping of national teeth, where there'd be no rest day and night forever and ever uh, than he did, than, than anybody else did. And that's where you're going if you have the wrong Jesus. So you better take this seriously because I'll tell you what, the Jews, they believed on Jesus. They recognized who he was, many of them, but it says they didn't follow him because they feared men more than God and they didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogues, says the Gospel of John. So if you're fearing men and your your position around people and how they'll feel uh, more than you fear God, my heart breaks for you because you're just basically consigning your soul to eternal torment because you're rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ and not putting him first, and that's idolatry. So I encourage you in love, make sure as all, I had to, my family, my friends, they weren't, I turned to Jesus Christ, none of them were following. And I counted the cost. I said, you know what? There's nothing more important than glorifying my Lord, knowing him and where I spend eternity in the heavenly kingdom and not in eternal darkness separate from him. Yeah, and you know, one of the big things that happened, and I had a friend back in high school, uh, specifically went out on his Mormon uh, mission trip, so to speak, and he left Mormonism on that trip because somebody challenged him on some things, and he became an atheist. And that has been a, a big trend that has taken place uh, when it comes to those in the LDS faith. So we want to make sure that doesn't happen either, and that when you get directed, you get directed on a proper course as well. When you see some of the things we're going to go through uh, in this episode— when you see them and you recognize that this simply isn't true, we don't want you to go and say, well, I guess there's no such thing as God. I guess there's no such thing as true revelation from God. That's absolutely false, and that's not what we would want. But what we also don't want to do is what Dallas Jenkins is doing and what he has stated on multiple shows. But we're going to play a clip right now so you can hear specifically what he's saying. And also, we're not just going to examine that. We're going to show you why we care why we care that he is telling people a lie that is going to pat them back, as Joe said, as they go on into hell. First of all, I just want to establish right off the bat, Dallas, you are not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which the majority of our audience are members of the church. And so for you, I have been told that you are a fierce defender of the Latter-day Saint belief in Jesus Christ. And that is something that honestly, like... For, on behalf of all of us, I just want to say thank you for that. But why is it that you are are a defender of our belief in Jesus Christ? Great. So you're starting off right out right out of the gate <laughs> yeah. with the tough the, the the question. I I'm happy to to answer that, and and I just say that because I I recently have gotten a little bit in trouble in, in certain circles because I was on an, on another LDS podcast, and I. I said that LDS and evangelical uh, love the same Jesus. And I got some heat from, from people who suddenly didn't want to watch the show anymore because of that. So apparently, it's a controversial statement, which I guess I would have known that a few years ago. But now that I've been working with my uh, LDS brothers and sisters over the last couple of years and gotten to know them so well, I've, I've learned quite a bit. And I, I come from a strong evangelical background, and there 
I want to I want to say this, and I and I, I've said this on a few conversations with LDS people that there there are reasons why I'm an evangelical and not LDS. I do have things theologically that I disagree with, or things that even just in kind of practice that aren't quite my speed in the LDS faith. However, one thing that is unabashedly true and unarguably true is that in getting to know some of my LDS friends here on this, especially through The Chosen, you're passionate about Jesus Christ, and it's Jesus of Nazareth. And when I hear people say, it's a different Jesus, and I've heard that, by the way, from both, I don't know what term, I know you guys don't use the term Mormon anymore, but it's too too, uh, long for me to try to say Go ahead, you're fine. So I'll just say LDS, but uh, or LDSers, but I've heard it from both sides. I mean, I've I've gotten criticism from the LDS church people who are uncomfortable with a show done by an evangelical. I've gotten criticism from evangelicals for working with people in the LDS community. So it it has gone both ways. The Chosen has been, for me, a a desperate attempt and and an obsessive attempt to introduce people to the authentic Jesus of Nazareth. And in whatever way I'm doing that through the show, by using some of the people around him and telling their stories through our devotional book, all of these, my wife and I are obsessed with The Chosen being a vehicle for people to be introduced to the authentic Jesus. And my LDS brothers and sisters who disagree with me on many things theologically, most of which, almost all of which took place after Jesus was here, they have the same passion that I do for this show. And in fact, members of the LDS faith are as responsible or more for getting this show out into people in every country of the world as anyone else. And so even if you are listening to this right now as an evangelical and are horrified to hear me say some of these things, consider that even if you disagree, even if you think that, oh, it's two different Jesuses and they worship two different saviors and it's and, and what you're saying is wrong— fine, you know, believe what you, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have, have these arguments with you. However, consider that if you love the show and you believe the show is an accurate representation of Jesus of Nazareth, and you believe the show is an accurate representation of your savior and is having a positive influence all over the world, be assured that everyone who's working on this show who happens to be LDS feels the exact same way and is also obsessed with getting this show out to everyone in the world. So, I'm not sure quite why that would be controversial. Um, the arguments that we can have about theology can still be had, and we've had them. And, and, and the, the Harmons who own Angel and I have had plenty of, of discussions and explored each other's uh, experiences and, and faiths, and um, it's been a wonderful experience. Um, and I've learned a lot that I didn't know before, and I've also had affirmed some things that I didn't know before and thought, yeah, that's, that's why we disagree. That's why I'm not LDS, but... But we are both sleeping on the floor, oftentimes on our knees for this show and for the portrayal of Jesus of Nazareth. And on that, we agree. And so I am going to die on the hill of defending my LDS friends from those who say, I mean, I I don't mind being attacked myself and I get attacked every day for this show for the fact that we don't always uh, use scripture in the show or whatever. But, uh, But I don't like it when my friends get attacked. And so that's why I tend to be pretty defensive of my friends, uh, even if not always defensive of the theology uh, that on which we sometimes disagree. Now, Joe, there is a lot to unpack there, you know, there and, and I'm, I think I want to go just point by point uh, with you through some of the things that are stated just to highlight them, because I think there's a lot being said there 
that is really important for us to understand. I think just the starting point, the first question that he is a defender of the LDS belief in Jesus. He asked that question. He's pretty excited to answer in the affirmative. Yeah, well, he's the he's a defender of the LDS belief in a false Jesus. Uh, if he knows anything about who they claim Jesus is, which I'm sure we're going to get into. I know we're going to get into. Uh, so he's defending a lie. And when you defend a lie in the guise of helping people, you're truly not helping them. You're harming them. Yeah, no, I... I and are we just, I mean, for the sake of uh, time, yeah. are we going for an hour? We can go over an hour because I know we got a lot to cover as far as the questions. We can go over an hour. Okay, we're going to be good then. Important. Yeah. Otherwise, we're only speaking way too fast. <laughs> no, and... Yeah, because that, that's, that's important though, man. I think we need to, you know, dismantle these lies. Yeah, because just the term brothers and sisters, he uses that term. So I think that just from that, Joe, would you call a LDS member a brother or sister in Christ? Well, no, uh, Paul warns not only about false Christ, false prophets of uh, different spirit, you know, false gospels, but he also warns about quote, end quote, false brethren. And we have to make sure, uh, you know, Jesus said, of the Pharisees who were very religious. Uh, he said, you are your father, the devil. And uh, the way we are no longer of our father, the devil in the past, because we used to work in, under the power of the evil one who works with the children of disobedience was when we embraced the, the true Lord Jesus Christ. If I embrace Sun Myung Moon of the Moonies who claims to be the second coming of Christ when he flew over here in a, in a big jet airliner, I think 747 or what have you, and say, well, he, he claims to be Jesus. You know, his wife is you know, the mother and so forth. And, and, you know, as long as we all, you know, you know, we're all brothers and sisters and, and so forth. And I would have a different Jesus and it would be a, a loving person would tell me, Joe, that is not the Jesus of the Bible, you know? And somebody who didn't really care about me would say, yeah, we have, we have the same Jesus. Yeah. And I think this is a good thing to bring out as well, because he keeps saying, well, we have differences theologically, but I think there's a tacit admission that he recognizes some of those differences because he even talks about how with the Harmon uh, brothers, I believe, who who own VidAngel, that they, you know what, they we've had those conversations. So it seems like... Which has said Harmon brothers. He's not calling them our brothers, but... No, they're, they're actually the, brothers. They're yeah. brothers of each other, yeah. <laughs> no, amen. Just you get a nasty note. Yeah, no, 100%. And when I look at that and I, and I see him saying that he has these conversations, he recognizes their distinctions theologically. I think it's a good time. We've talked about this at length. We have an entire show where you can look up damnable and flammable heresies flammable uh yeah can't say those two too much uh, next to each other but when we look at those things and, and recognizing that is it simply a case when we're looking at mormonism or you know lds faith as they call it if we're looking at it is it simply differences theologically rather than we're getting into heretical beliefs uh, with people yeah it's not like you know one church believes uh in full immersion one time and other believes you immerse Three times in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, where there's distinct, where where there's, you know, just differences in modes of baptism, things of that nature. We're talking about very specific differences regarding the very things the Scriptures warn about: a different Jesus, a different gospel. Uh, and Paul talks about if if even if the angel from heaven comes and preaches a different gospel than that which we've preached, you let him be accursed. Uh, it's damnable when you have a different gospel. If you have a different Jesus, that won't save you. So. Our hearts break for those. I, I, my heart breaks a lot. You know, I used to chase Mormons in my car if I saw them witness, and I'd pull over and dialogue with them, you know, and I still love to talk to them. I just, I juggle a thousand and one things now, so I don't chase them down. You know, sometimes I still talk to them. I'll roll down my window and what have you because, but my heart breaks when I see these young kids 
knowing that they, it, it, it truly, truly breaks, you know, wanting them to know Jesus. And it really breaks my heart when in one fair swoop, uh, Jenkins here, Dallas Jenkins, is leading potentially, you know, potentially millions of Christians astray on this issue and uh, potentially hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Mormons astray. And, and there's heresy, false teaching has consequences. For instance, his father, uh, you know, Jerry Jenkins, who co-authored uh, the Left Behind series with Tim LaHaye, uh, he has a guy named Chang taking the mark of the beast, not willfully. He's drugged because his dad wants him to take the mark of the beast. He refuses to take, he knows it'll damn him, uh, he, you know, or he, most Christians know that, right? So he's a fictional character, so I'm not sure how he's presented as far as his knowledge, but he's very fearful of taking it. And he's drugged by his dad and given the mark of the beast. So the question arises, would he be damned if he was given the mark of the beast against his will when he was drugged? And of course, most people are going to say, of course not. But then it, 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 it is a slippery slope because Jenkins says he went to Tim LaHaye about this part of the storyline and they thought it would be good to open up questions about, could you take the mark of the beast if you were saved, willfully even? And then he's asked on a fact sheet, which we uh, grabbed uh, in case later on it was taken down and they tried to deny it. Uh, if you're a Christian, can you willfully take the mark of the beast? And if you do, will you forfeit your salvation? And Jenkins says, if you have the seal of God, you know, you're saved, you could take the mark of the beast and you'll always have the seal of God. And that is a damnable lie. Because the scripture says if anyone, not just any unbeliever, unbelievers are already damned, if anyone takes the mark of the beast, you know, Revelation chapter 14, uh, he'll receive the, the wrath of God mix, unmixed in the wine of his fury, and there'll be no, no rest day and night forever and ever. So uh, his father has, was telling a huge lie. Uh, and now, guess what? You join Mormons and others who don't have the true gospel of Jesus Christ. When the Antichrist comes on the scene, uh, there'll be a lot of professing Christians that are joining, joining a lot of the cults and world religions saying, ah, oh, that must be the Messiah after all in the temple. And and by the way, you know, he says he's God. And uh, we all basically believe in God together. It's just, you know, one believes he's this tall, one believes he's that tall or whatever, you know. And by the way, we don't think the father has any height at all as far as the physical domain goes. But Mormons even has a different father. Yeah. They, they believe that more, the, that he's a, he is flesh and bone. But Jesus says those who worship the father must worship him in spirit and truth. For he is spirit, John chapter 4. So God's spirit, and Jesus' says, spirit does not have flesh and bone as I have after he rose from the dead. So they even have a different father, they have a different Jesus, and I'm sure we'll get into different Jesus in a little bit. Yeah, no, that's that's a perfect transition because we you brought up even the height thing, and that's actually an analogy that Dallas Jenkins uses in that same podcast where he talks about a friend named yeah. Daryl, and one guy, no, he's 6'3", one guy, he's 5'11", and, and you're like, Wait, they both believe the same Daryl. They both have the same Daryl. They're just wrong in their interpretations of what he looks like and so forth. And this is the analogy he uses. So I think that that goes right into the question of, are we talking about a Jesus that happens to be a little taller, right? Or happens to have a different color hair? Are we talking about a different Jesus altogether where he's got the same name but the wrong person? Yeah, it reminds me of the David Berkowitz and the Berkowitz uh, killings, you know. Uh, there were eyewitnesses of people in the areas that, you know, where these things were conducted. And they had s several inches of difference in height. But according to uh, Maury Terry, who wrote The Ultimate Evil, a book, a huge book I read uh, years and years ago. They just did a documentary. I think it's on Netflix. I haven't seen it, but based on his research from the son of Sam. 30 years ago on Son of Sam. And Berkowitz, who's a total follower of Crowley, uh, he said, he said there are several people in his cult. He had to give information out uh, that would implicate him and they kill his family members, the Satanists, if they, he was to rat him out. But he eventually said that when enough time passed, it was several people. That's why there were different 
different descriptions of the assailants, you know? Uh, so the idea is sometimes when there's a different in height by six, seven inches, it's because you're talking about a different person. And we're not talking about difference of height here. We're talking a different origin story. We're talking about a real origin story of the real Christ, the, the, the Mashiach, and a false origin story, uh, and several other differences between the Jesus of Mormonism, which is not the Jesus of the Bible, not even close. In fact, Mormon leaders have mentioned that in the past. I'll yeah, he, to he was even talking about that, that he was challenged yeah. about them having That's a right. different Jesus. So, so let's kind of get into that a little bit, because we could go you know, to some text to talk about another gospel, but we're talking about, is this another Jesus, and do the scriptures speak of this Jesus versus the Jesus that the Mormons have now uh, trusted in? Yeah, so we go to Matthew chapter 24 and some other passages, Mark 13, Luke 21, Jesus warns about false Christ rising in the last days, right? And uh, false prophets. Uh, Paul expands on uh, this as well. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he warns about different Jesus. And watch how he warns. This is pretty powerful because you'll see Mormonism in this. Watch how he warns uh, that this different Jesus might be basically rolled out by false teachers. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 11, 3 through 4, he says, But I'm afraid that as a serpent beguiled Eve or deceived Eve, by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. So he's concerned that even as the, as the serpent deceived Eve in the garden, that their minds will be deceived from their simple devotion to Christ. For if one comes and preaches another Jesus, a different Jesus, whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit, uh, whom you, uh, you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you bear this beautifully. Paul's concerned that they're going to bear it beautifully and accept this. He says a few verses later, uh, 13 through 15, for such men are false apostles. And by the way, Mormons claim to have 12 apostles right now, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And by the way, I have Journal of Discourses, which is 20-some volumes long. And I was blown away when I was going through that as a young Christian, reading their material and seeing so many things that were so unscriptural. And I got very familiar with the genuine article, the Word of God itself. So it was very easy to spot a counterfeit. And then Brigham Young, at one point, he says, there are even schisms among us in the apostleship, because he's the prophet, uh, the president, the prophet, the second prophet after uh, Joseph Smith. He goes, even among the apostles here, we have one that believes that Jesus was just a good man, you know? Others believing that he was, you know, reincarnated, you know? Others believing, you know, preaching on the slide at the chimney corner, like, you know, like they're trying to trick people. And he said, so even, he has three different views of what truth is among there are 12 apostles, and, and they wouldn't even pass a Sunday school class. You know, if they're given a quiz, when you look at what he said. No, and I think that's interesting. You bring up the Journal of Discourses, and it's interesting because you're talking about, as you mentioned from the text, you know, these false apostles as well. You have false Jesus, false gospel, false apostles. And when it comes to the apostles, when they came and spoke, like, like Paul talks about when he went to Thessalonica, when they came and spoke, they were speaking the words of God, and they were accepted it as Absolutely. such in line with what the Old Testament had already revealed, because as Acts 17 says quite clearly, that even Paul himself, the apostle, was tested by what the Old Covenant had already right. declared. The Bereans. Which is far they, different than the Jewish scriptures daily to see if what he was saying was true. Amen. That's right. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. 
or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.